The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Thomas Shaw decided to treat himself to a cigar. Why not? It was his lunch break, and in 1907, a big-shot lawyer like him could smell like cigars after lunch, and no one batted an eye. Besides, Shaw's case was going swell that day. It was in the bag. So Shaw and a colleague wandered outside the courthouse in Fargo. And just like you might find a food truck today, they found a cigar wagon and selected two fine stogies. Now, Shaw's colleague was old-fashioned. He lit his cigar with a match. <laughs> Not Shaw. Shaw loved technology. Anything newfangled. So he lit his cigar with a fancy electric lighter on display in the wagon. What a marvel. It was the worst decision of Shaw's life. Because when he bent down and started inhaling, the electric lighter shorted out and exploded in his face. The resulting injuries left Shaw blind, and he assumed that his career, if not his life, were over. He was wrong. Not only did Shaw resume practicing law, he got himself elected to Congress, the first blind person ever to serve in Congress. And while he was there, Shaw dedicated himself to one idea above all, an idea perfectly in line with his progressive, pro-technology mindset. He decided to reform our messy, lopsided, archaic, and maddeningly inconsistent monthly calendar. From the Science History Institute, this is Sam Keen and the Disappearing Spoon, a topsy-turvy, sciencey history podcast, where footnotes become the real story. Have you ever stopped to consider how strange clocks and calendars are? Why does February have only 28 days? Why do days have 24 hours, but hours have 60 minutes? And why do octagons have eight sides and octopuses eight arms, but October 
is the tenth month. Most of us just shrug at such questions. Life isn't always logical. But not Thomas Shaw. Shaw would not let such inconsistencies stand. He understood that calendars and clocks are human inventions. So why not invent better ones? Shaw was born in 1878. When his father died two years later, he and his now indigent mother moved to Minneapolis. Instead of attending school there, Shaw sold newspapers on the street for money. He slept in cardboard boxes at night. Because he could sing and dance, he also joined the circus for a spell. Kids really did that back then. After some more travails, Shaw eventually attended high school, where his oratory skills won him renown. He parlayed those skills into a law degree and quickly became a prominent Minnesota lawyer. Then the ill-fated cigar lighter exploded in his face. Shaw did not go blind immediately. In fact, he returned to court that very afternoon, despite having scorched arms. But he noticed his vision was blurry, and it kept deteriorating over the next few months. Shaw and his wife Margaret exhausted their life savings trying to help him. When the legitimate doctors ran out of ideas, they moved on to the quacks. They sold all their furniture and books to raise money, but nothing helped. Shaw was soon completely blind. He fell into a trough of despair. Was life even worth living now? But his wife refused to let him quit on life. Margaret offered to become his business partner, writing his correspondence, reading his mail, chauffeuring him around. With her support, his law practice picked up again. And in 1915, Shaw won a long-shot campaign for Congress as a progressive, Teddy Roosevelt-style Republican. In Congress, Shaw worked on many things, but he became associated with one idea above all, calendar reform. You see, progressives like Shaw hated how illogical the calendar was. Why do months have different numbers of days? If something was a yard long, you wouldn't divide the first foot into 12 inches and then the second foot into 11 inches. It was stupid. As Shaw said, we have standardized everything except our measure of time, the very thing we use most. He knew we could do better. The problem is, any attempt to standardize the calendar gets snagged on the fact that the number of days in the year is lopsided. Blame God or arithmetic, but you simply cannot break down 365 days into nice, even divisions of weeks and months. The only possibilities are five months of 73 days each, or 73 months of five days each. Both arrangements are ugly and impractical. However, 365 is very close to 364, and 364 does break down into appealing numbers like 13 by 28. That is, 13 months of 28 days each. This 13-month calendar was actually invented by a French philosopher in the mid-1800s. And as long as he was mixing things up, the philosopher also ditched the pagan names of the months. Instead, he renamed the months after human geniuses, Charlemagne, Homer, Moses, King Frederick II, Whimsically, the philosopher also named every single day after someone, too. 
For instance, the 10th day of Frederick II month was Gustavus Adolphus Day. Meanwhile, the 18th day of Moses became Theocrats of Tibet Day. Not to be confused with the 19th of Moses, which was, of course, Theocrats of Japan Day. Not surprisingly, your average French peasant hated this calendar. I mean, who the hell were the Theocrats? But other reformers saw the nugget of a good idea beneath all this silliness. So they ditched the list of geniuses and began pushing for a 13 by 28 calendar. These reformers included Shaw who wrote a bill in 1919 for the United States to adopt this calendar. Wisely, Shaw preserved the traditional names of the 12 months. Instead, he suggested squeezing an extra month in between February and March. He called this new month Vern. Now, Vern kind of sounded like someone's uncle, but it really stood for vernal, as in spring, because the vernal equinox would take place during this month. The one awkward feature of the 13 by 28 calendar was that its 364 days fall one short of 365. So reformers like Shaw suggested tacking an extra day on after December, a 24-hour worldwide holiday. Some reformers called it Blank Day. It wouldn't be a Saturday, nor a Sunday, nor anything. It's just blank. Now, if adding a blank day sounds strange, well, remember, we already shoehorn extra days into the calendar now. They're called leap days, February 29th. So would blank day really be that different? And Shaw's new calendar certainly captured the zeitgeist of the times. World War I and the great influenza pandemic had recently overturned the old world order. Prohibition also started around this time as did reforms like eight-hour workdays. People were rethinking everything, and technology was making great strides. Tractors had replaced plows, and automobiles replaced buggies. So why not abandon our creaky, kludgy calendar and install something better? To his frustration, however, Shaw's calendar bill stalled in Congress in 1919. But he kept stubbornly reintroducing the bill year after year. And he found a valuable ally in George Eastman, the business magnate who headed the Eastman Kodak Film Company. Eastman argued that, in addition to being more logical, the regularity of the new calendar would benefit businesses. Eastman pointed out that some months have 30 days and others 31 or 28. That irregularity makes it hard to compare financial data between months. And depending on where the weekends fell, Shops and offices were open a variable number of days. This meant that revenue varied monthly. Salaries and rent, meanwhile, are fixed monthly. So your income is variable, but your costs are fixed. It's a mess. But Shaw's 13 by 28 calendar eliminated those problems at a stroke. Every month was consistent. The 13 by 28 calendar has another slick feature, too. It's perennial. That is, every date always falls on the same day of the week. January 1st might always be Sunday, for instance. In fact, the 1st, 8th, 15th, and 22nd of every month would all be Sundays. The 2nd, 9th, 16th, and 23rd would then be Mondays, and so on. 
Like blank checks, you could buy calendar pages in bulk because every month would be regular. This regularity does not occur on our current calendar. With our calendar, dates migrate throughout the week. Holidays migrate too, which forces schools and sports leagues and businesses to spend billions of collective hours drawing up fresh schedules every single year. It's a huge waste of time. But again, a 13 by 28 calendar eliminates those problems. You'd always know what day and date holidays fall on, as well as when every business quarter and semester starts. It would free up billions of hours to do other things. Arguments like this convinced a lot of people to support Shaw and Eastman's calendar. When a polling company surveyed 1,400 businesses, 80% favored a standardized 13 by 28 calendar. The National Academy of Sciences backed it as well. Like the metric system, the new calendar just made sense. But, alas. Amid all this support from business people and scientists, there was one factor that Shaw had not accounted for. The power of religion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thomas Shaw's nemesis in calendar reform was a congressman from the Upper East Side of Manhattan. 
Saul Bloom. Now, Bloom was actually an even bigger calendar nut than Shaw. Shaw just wanted a more functional calendar. But Bloom was a calendar obsessive. He apparently used to buttonhole people at parties and just blab about calendars for hours. His wife and daughter would cover their ears and run shrieking from the room whenever he got going. Oddly, though, despite his general love of calendars, Bloom despised the Shawl calendar. Why? Because of Blank Day, that worldwide holiday on the 365th day of the year. To Bloom, Blank Day was an abomination unto the Lord. Remember, Blank Day fell outside the jurisdiction of normal days of the week. It wasn't Saturday or Sunday or anything. It just was. The problem here is that, according to the Bible, God made the firmament and the heavens in six days. Then he rested on the seventh, the holy Sabbath, which must be honored. But blank day would stretch the time between the last Sabbath of one year and the first Sabbath of the next year to eight days, longer than God intended. To a devout Jew like Saul Bloom, this was a catastrophe. And he was not alone in thinking this way. He soon rallied several fiery Christian preachers to his side, all of whom denounced calendar reform as blasphemous. Bloom even argued that calendar reform would violate the First Amendment by threatening the free exercise of religion. After that, Shaw's new calendar never stood a chance. It was pretty hard to stand opposed to God back then and win a debate. Now, Shaw didn't pout and stop living his life after this defeat. He served several more years in Congress and eventually got elected a U.S. senator. He never lost his love of technology either. He even learned to fly an autogyro, one of those wacky plane helicopter contraptions. But when Senator Shaw died in 1935, his dreams of a new and better calendar died with him. Still, the flame of calendar reform has never quite died out. In fact, several reformers still tend it today. And they have come up with answers to the objections that doomed calendar reform in Shaw's time. Again, religious folks hated Blank Day because it extended the time between the Sabbaths. So one modern reform involves changing the meaning of a day. Under this schema, the last day of December and the first day of January would each, by fiat, stretch 36 hours long. This would leave exactly six so-called days between Sabbaths. Now, the downside to this idea, beyond being silly, is that New Year's Eve would arrive at what's effectively noon. Who wants to sip champagne when the sun is high in the sky? A more sensible reform proposes ditching blank days altogether. We'd simply define a calendar year at 364 days. Then we would schedule a makeup week every so often, for both leap days and the missing 365th day. It's a bit awkward, but would preserve the proper time between Sabbaths. Crisis averted. Now, I am being a bit facetious here in talking about the supposed catastrophe of extra days between Sabbaths. But in all seriousness, any attempt to reform the calendar would require the backing of all major religions, which take the calendar seriously. Getting their support is vital. And honestly, I can take the religious objections more seriously than other objections. Most reform calendars propose starting the first of every month on a Sunday. 
But if you do that, you end up with a Friday the 13th every month. The horror. That also means 13 Friday the 13ths every year, which is like bad luck squared or something. Superstitious people get the heebie-jeebies just thinking about this. Then there's the most common objection of all, the birthday objection. One calendar reformer told me about giving a talk a few years ago on the 13 by 28 calendar. When the talk finished, two young women approached him. One woman loved the new calendar. She immediately saw the advantages and realized how much it would simplify life. The other young woman, though, looked sour. When the reformer asked why she looked sour, she pouted, because my birthday would always be on a Wednesday. The reformer was stunned. This woman was willing to sabotage calendar reform, willing to let waste and inefficiency thrive and abandon a logical, smooth-functioning system all because of her birthday? It seemed so petty, so small-minded. Was she serious? Yes, and she's not alone. In some ways, the birthday objection is the single biggest obstacle to calendar reform. People can and do raise other important issues about new calendars. Deep down, though, many people just care about their birthdays. But what the hell? Calendar reformers have a crazy solution for this problem, too. They point out that the late Queen of England, Elizabeth II, was actually born in April. But she celebrated her official state birthday in June, when it's sunny and convenient. Why can't we civilians do the same? Who wouldn't want to feel like a queen for a day? Now, unfortunately, I could not cram into this episode all the wild stories I heard about time reform. So I put together not one, but two bonus episodes at patreon.com slash disappearing spoon. One bonus episode covers clock reform. You'll learn about metric time with 10-hour days and 100-minute hours. You'll also learn why days were shorter in the times of the dinosaurs. Really, days back then did not last 24 hours. Plus, all the idiotic havoc of daylight savings time. The other bonus episode covers the bizarre history of our calendar. How did February get 28 days? And why is October not the eighth month? In short, blame Julius Caesar. The second bonus also covers historical cases where governments instituted new calendars and deadly riots followed. All that at patreon.com slash disappearing spoon. I will end with this. I find the logic of calendar reform seductive. Unlike most of us, time reformers don't pretend that our system for tracking days and dates is permanent or divinely ordained. Calendars and clocks are arbitrary human inventions. So if we have bad clocks and calendars now, why not invent better ones? But a stroll through calendar reform teaches you about more than just the sun and the seasons and the arbitrary nature of tracking time. It also provides insights into human psychology. Namely, that the human mind prefers problems it knows to unfamiliar solutions, no matter how elegant. When I hear people complain about Tuesday birthdays or unlucky 13s, I can only groan. Can't we see beyond ourselves? I sometimes think of reformers as calendary Cassandras, doomed to be correct, even though no one listens to them. At the same time, are we really surprised? 
people are people, with all our glories and all of our faults. We're more blind in many ways than Thomas Shaw. And yet, if you really believe, like Shaw did, that people will just listen to logic, well, that's the biggest, most illogical blind spot of all. This is the Disappearing Spoon podcast, brought to you by the Science History Institute. Find out more about their library, museum, and multimedia magazine at sciencehistory.org. Make sure you check out the Science History Institute's other awesome podcast, Distillations. You can find their in-depth narrative stories and interviews about everything from space junk to sex, drugs, and migraines anywhere you get your podcast and on their website distillations.org. You can find more incredible stories from my books at samkeen.com. You can also book me as a speaker at your school or event. If you like this podcast, please support it at patreon.com slash disappearing spoon. It costs as little as seven cents per day. You can also get bonus episodes and signed books. Please spread the word to others as well and subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or other places. This episode was written by me, Sam Keen. It was mixed by Jonathan Pfeffer and produced by Mariel Carr, Rigoberto Hernandez, and Padmini Raghunath. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot podcast. Easier said, done. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.